One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, welcome to Jewel Says. I'm Jules, Julie. All opinions and perspectives expressed in Jewel Says are mine or those of my guests or people who tell me their life stories. I do change names and details, etc., to protect people's identities if they don't want it known. If you have anything you'd like to share or ask, feel free to email me at jewelsays at gmail.com. This past weekend was Labor Day weekend in Canada and the U.S., maybe in other countries too, I'm not sure. But we have a statutory or bank holiday on the first Monday of September to recognize the historic contributions of the labor movement's role in protecting workers from exploitation. The labor movement, of course, isn't just one movement. It's been waves over the years, and it hasn't just protected unionized workers. I think most of us realize that if it weren't for historical labor movements, we might not have minimum wage legislation, flawed though it is. We might not have workplace safety standards, anti-harassment rules, Legislation to protect workplace equality, limitations to working hours, vacations, sick leave, parental leave, all kinds of things that we take for granted in our society. Even though I think we can all agree that none of the legislation is perfect. And I also agree that it would be really nice not to need all the cumbersome, expensive, often onerous, misapplied rules But unfortunately, without the legislation, a lot of business owners would probably do whatever they could get away with at the lowest cost, which, of course, they actually do, but within the complicated legal framework. I personally have never been a union member. I'm very lucky. I realize I'm privileged to work in an industry where most people are generally comparatively well compensated. So it has never come up in any place I've worked, even though I've worked in unionized plants. Usually the office workers, including the IT people, are excluded from the union rules. But also what I do is somewhat niche. 
But when I have worked for companies that were unionized, some of the rules seemed to me to be a bit unwarranted and cumbersome. For example, I sometimes used to have to run communications cable back in the olden days when we had a mainframe. I'd have to sometimes run cable between a multiplexer and a nearby office, usually through the ceiling. We had tiled ceilings in those locations. But at the unionized plant, we were expected to wait for an electrician to run the cable for us, even though it wasn't electrical cable. I guess the argument was that the cable did conduct electrical signals to communicate. I don't know. But waiting certainly caused delays, which, of course... Whenever there's a delay, there's a cost. But it's possible that there were other risks I wasn't aware of, such as whatever other conduit was running through the ceiling. I don't know. Sometimes the rules just don't make sense to everyone. They seem ridiculously onerous. A lot of my current work is with auditors, and everyone hates being audited. But the audits serve as checks and balances against fraud. Implementing audit-compliant processes is onerous and time-consuming and costly. And of course, that seems like such a waste of time to people who are just trying to run the business and sell the stuff or the service. But unfortunately, too many fraudsters, charlatans, cheaters, and embezzlers are the reason we have all those seemingly ridiculous rules. So yeah, some of the union rules might also seem silly to people who aren't affected by them. But I think it's true that if unions had never existed, average workers like me, and possibly you, wouldn't have a lot of the rights that we have today. Would business owners do the right thing in the absence of legislation? I'd like to think so, but I don't think they do in many cases. Look at the big streamers fighting with writers and actors' unions. The way I see it, the streamers are fighting for the right to plagiarize creative work and then use AI to mix it up cheaply into something they can resell. They want to own human images, voices, whatever they can, and use AI to repackage that up cheaply too. Cut the humans out. I think there are certain jobs where it might make sense to automate and cut the humans out. But I don't think creative work is one of those things. We don't have legislation yet to handle what I call technical plagiarism, and it's really going to be a challenge to get to a a reasonable place on that. And of course, the exponential evolution of technology makes all of these issues so complex and leaves legislation as an afterthought. But even with the legislation we do have, sometimes companies still allow unsafe practices Unsafe in terms of both human safety for the workers and environmental safety. I'm sure most companies use a risk-benefit analysis to determine what they're willing to invest in. If the likelihood of the bad outcome is low, or if the bad outcome itself will be less expensive than preventing the bad outcome, they don't necessarily invest in prevention. This is why we continue to have pipeline disasters, shipping and train disasters. And of course, not all these incidents make the news, but we're all aware of the big ones, the ones that do make the news, like the Lac Megantic train explosion, the BP oil spill in the Gulf of Mexico, the Deepwater Horizon oil rig explosion, the Rana Plaza collapse. 
very often the safety issues and risks are known by top-level management, but they're just not fixed because the cleanup and fines are probably less expensive than the prevention. And if it's a big one that makes the news, they have the PR risk as well. But I don't know. I think it seems to me all those companies have bounced back. And what's changed? And then, of course, the unions themselves are not immune to corruption. Or even just minor things like union members taking advantage of union protection. I'm sure we all know people who do the minimum amount of work because their seniority is protected, or they think the union will protect them from having to deal with consequences. And too often, the people at the top, as with any organization, are often manipulating the system with a self-serving agenda. How often do you hear, well, it's not illegal, even when a regular human being would look at whatever's being done and think, yeah, but it's the wrong thing to do. It's immoral. So, yeah, of course, regulations, checks and balances are a pain. But as Lord Acton's famous quote says, power tends to corrupt and absolute power corrupts absolutely. So the checks and balances are necessary. Anyway, the labor movement is just one aspect of fighting for companies to do the right thing, to be fair, ethical. Is that too much to ask? Apparently it is. Labor Day weekend ended in our neighborhood with the annual, excruciatingly deafening air show. Abe and I went to the air show once, years ago, when we first moved here. And although the pilot's flying skills are an amazing feat to behold... And apparently one of the purposes of the air show is to give fighter pilots an opportunity to practice and hone their skill. Abe and I have no desire to see the show again. However, the planes fly directly overhead our house as they circle back to the lakefront for the show, and a lot of people complain about it. Their dogs hate it. It's terrifying. You can't hear yourself think. And it must be absolutely terrifying for people who have immigrated here from war zones. Can you imagine? Every year, you see all these petitions to put a stop to the air show. Not just because of the noise, but the danger, because they have crashed on occasion. The impact on the environment, burning all that jet fuel just for entertainment. It seems frivolous, and it's really upsetting to a lot of people. But I'm sure the air show is here to stay for a while yet. It's the CNE grand finale. Labor Day weekend also means the end of the CNE, the Canadian National Exhibition, the X as it's called around here. The website is actually thex.com, T-H-E-E-X.com. It's a big deal. This year it ran from August 16th to September 2nd. I did not go. I was a child the first time I went, elementary school age. One of my older brothers and his girlfriend brought me, and of course, it was so exciting. There were so many midway rides, carnival games with prizes to be won, sensory overload, really. Well, the games were never won by me, of course. I am not good at any of those games, but the games are a big draw for a lot of people. We rode our bikes down there to go to a Toronto Argonauts football game. And there were a lot of people walking up the street with great big stuffed animal prizes. So 
somebody's winning those games. My children used to always want to play the carnival games at the Brigden Fall Fair, held every Canadian Thanksgiving weekend in October in Brigden, Ontario, a little farming community not far from Sarnia. And those games can really be a money pit. I used to take them to the fair when they were growing up, and we budgeted so much for ride tickets, a little bit for games, and if they wanted to play more games, they had to bring their own money. But the CNE is way more than just midway rides. In addition to the food trucks on the midway, there's a whole huge building dedicated to food. Some very strange food is always on offer, such as, I think this year they had cheeseburger-flavored ice cream. And they had watermelon burgers, which is just a hamburger with watermelon slices instead of a bun. I actually think I could get behind that. That sounds not too bad to me. And they have multiple performance stages with all kinds of different concerts. There's always music going on. A lot of the concerts are free with general admission. This year, some of the artists were Dionne Warwick. If you've never heard of her, you're young. Kim Mitchell, he's from Sarnia, Cardinal Official, Chocolaire, and Havaya Mighty, Amanda Marshall, Jan Arden, really good Canadian artist, and a whole country music stage. We have a lot of country music fans here. There is There are all kinds of other exhibitions. There's a flower and vegetable competition, beer fest, a gaming garage for people who just want to, I guess they have arcade and video games, Kids Fest with all kinds of activities for little ones. They have a farm with interactive exhibits. I think there's value in city people learning about farming. We'd all die of starvation without it. But you get the idea. There's a lot going on at the CNE. You, there's no way you could cover everything in one day. It's just huge. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. We didn't go this year except to the Argos game, but we didn't actually go to the fair. But we did have the pleasure of Catherine's 14-year-old daughter, Violet, and Bobby's 16-year-old niece, Lily, for a couple of days the night before I took them to Sarnia. And they went to the CNE together. What is more fun than going to a big midway and going on all kinds of rides when you're that age? I would have loved to dash off to the CNE on my own with a friend at that age. And I know they're safe there. I was also confident they would have a great time. There's so much to see and do, even if you just do all the rides. And the midway's open until midnight. 
And it's really quite exciting and cool, especially when you're young, when all the lights are on and it's getting dark. I could have gone with them, and maybe I should have gone with them, but I knew they'd rather go without Grandmother hanging around. What time do you want us home, Violet asked. Well, it's one night, and I want you to have fun. And all that matters to me is that you're safe and you get home safely. So how about you touch base with me after you've been there for a couple hours and just let me know how it's going. And of course, I reminded them, just make sure you stay together. And what should you say if grown men approach you and ask you how old you are or try to put their number in your phone? Ignore them and walk away, one of them said. Yep, I think that's probably best if you can. Tell them to fuck off, one of them said. Well, maybe. But the problem is, you don't know who you're dealing with, so that could trigger additional aggression. We have to strike the balance between being cold and getting out of a situation and being not nice, but not... We, we have to try and not trigger people. That's just what we have to learn. So I don't really know what the right thing to do is. So I said, well, if you can't just walk away, maybe just firmly say something like, a grown man has no business asking a child their age. Use your deep voice, your authoritative tone. I used to teach my girls to use an authoritative tone when they were young, and I think it serves you well. Some girls would go, <laughs> and not say anything. No, no. Look them in the eye. Why don't you ask my mom over there? I can tell you right now that no man approaches me and asks me how old I am. And it bothers me that they approach teenage girls. You know, the nice guys don't. And the guys who do know better than to do it in front of one of the nice guys. So if you're a nice guy listening to this and you're going, well, I find that hard to believe. It happens to all of us at some point in our lives. And... The men who do it know better than to do it in front of you. So just trust us. Maybe strike up a conversation. You know, I heard someone doing this to a teen. That's disgusting. I would never do that. Like, just kind of normalize the idea that it's disgusting, even though they know better or they wouldn't hide it. But anyway, the other thing I said, if there are any people who look like parents nearby, maybe say they're your parents or you're with them and call out to them and walk over. I honestly am not sure what the best thing to say is, but I can tell you if some gal came up to me and said, Mom, I'd go, oh, hi, there you are, or something. I absolutely would know. Just anything to get away. And if you have to make a scene, do it. They don't want to draw attention to themselves. But anyway, as I said, it's not going to happen at the CNE, but I don't think there's any harm in reinforcing the conversation anyway. The CNE is a safe, family-friendly place. There will be families and loads of teens and young people there. You girls will be fine. I mean, the reality is that even though young girls should be able to enjoy public spaces safely, we have to prepare them to handle unwanted attention. And of course, I thought maybe they would take transit there. I have two transit passes, but they declined that. And off they went. Here's the problem. Even though I knew they would be safe, it did not take long for me to start feeling really uneasy about having let them dash off on their own. My mind started thinking of bad scenarios. I've been following our rescue, OUR rescue, and seeing stories of child trafficking 
And the what-ifs just started swirling through my ridiculous mind. Julie, stop it, I had to tell myself. They have phones. They'll be fine. The imagination can be such a curse. As promised, however, Violet messaged me to say they were having fun and wanted to stay after a couple of hours. Relief. Okay. Don't leave the CNE grounds, I reminded her. No, she responded. We won't. I know they know better, but, you know, I, I'm, maybe I'm overprotective. I should know they're not that naive, but still. So I finished with a message just reminding her to keep me posted, make sure you get the CNE free Wi-Fi. So, about an hour and a half later, I hadn't heard anything. And of course, by then, I'm worrying again. My mind is racing again. Why would I worry? They're competent young gals, I would tell myself. Violet takes transit at home with her friends to go into town. Lily drives and has a job. But this isn't Sarnia. And Violet isn't particularly familiar with Toronto. Then I got a message from Carrie. Are you at the CNE with the girls? No, I responded. They went themselves. I just, I think because of my state of mind, I interpreted her tone as meaning I should have been there with them. And maybe she's right. But now I was really worried. Worried that I was was completely wrong to have let them go. What would their parents think? Did Carrie think I shouldn't have let them go? What if something happens? Oh my God, I would never forgive myself. I should have gone with them. I messaged Violet. Please check in. Nothing. I waited. I'm in knots by this time. I would have messaged Lily, but I didn't have her number. Maybe I should just go there myself, I thought. I can just go and find them. No, it's too crowded. I'll never be able to find them. I finally broke down and called Carrie. I hate interrupting her because I know she's so busy and exhausted with the clinic. I can see where they are, she said. I have location on for them. They're fine. Violet doesn't have data. That's why she's not responding. Whew. Okay, as long as they're fine. Thank you, Carrie. Please send me Lily's number. But shortly after that, I started getting messages from Violet apologizing for being incommunicado. Carrie must have let her know I was concerned. And she had hot-spotted to Lily's phone. Sorry, she messaged me. My mom didn't buy roaming data, she explained. There's free Wi-Fi there, I replied. No, there isn't. The website said free Wi-Fi, she responded. They lied. Okay, so now I'm fine again. They're safe. She said, how about another hour and a half? And of course, I said, fine. I just needed the confidence that they were safe. How did I manage in the olden days when my children were young? We had no technology, no location services, no cell phones. We just let our children go out into the world, trusting they would make good decisions, trusting that no one would harm them. Of course, we didn't know we were lacking these technological resources because the technology didn't exist. What else could we do? We couldn't lock them in a cage to protect them. They have to live their lives. They have to learn to navigate the world. It's really hard, though, really hard to let go. I told Violet to have fun and that I would wait up for them. I really did want them to make the most of it, and I was so thrilled that they were having a good time. Are you sure, she messaged me back. If you want to go to bed, we can come home. Well, why didn't I take them up on that? That was so kind. 
In our many chats about Mummy and the girls when they were young, I had explained how I couldn't sleep until I knew everyone was safely home, and they didn't have a specific curfew. We usually discussed a reasonable time for them to be home that respected that I had to get up for work, even if they were on holidays from school. I certainly didn't get two weeks off at Christmas, March break, reading week, and two months off in the summer. I just couldn't stay up till the wee hours like they could and sleep in. But I didn't want her to come home just because I wanted to go to bed. It wouldn't kill me to be up one night. And she kept me posted after that. Heading to the Uber now, waiting for the Uber, in the Uber, almost there. And that's the other thing we didn't have, Uber. I know there have been horror stories of Uber drivers, but at least the app has safety checks for whose car you're getting into and route tracking. We've heard horror stories about taxi drivers, too, except you didn't have an app to track the driver. You had to have the presence of mind to take a picture of the driver's ID when you got in the car. And that was after people had cell phones. I've always felt uncomfortable getting into a car with a stranger. But public transit at night isn't necessarily safe either. I had offered them my transit passes, but they prefer Uber. And I would have expected them to take an Uber home. Or I could have picked them up. But traffic at the CNE is a shit show, and they can track an Uber, but they can't track me. I don't have an iPhone. I greeted them at the door with enormous relief. And they apologized again for being so late in excited whispers. Did you have fun? Yes. All that matters is that you had fun and that you're safe. But I'm not going to lie. I was unbelievably relieved to have them back. All that worrying. It was like a roller coaster from, from about an hour and a half after they left. The next morning, I drove them to London, London, Ontario, that is, for the handoff to Papa and Cher Bear. The drive was pure delight, at least for me. They were still wearing the matching jammies they had bought at the Eaton Center. They rehashed their night at the CNE, so I got to hear a bunch of stories, the midway, the rides, the excitement, some other young teens they had met and gone on rides with. Carrie made them send a picture of the other teens to make sure they were genuinely young. They said they were 14, and Alan looked at them and said, nah, they're probably 12, and they're lying about their age. So that's a relief. Just little young ones. And even Violet went on so many rides. I think she was proud of herself, because she's sometimes, she's a bit ride-averse. And in the car, they spontaneously sang bits of Taylor Swift songs, which was quite impressive, then a little less impressive when I realized they were sharing earbuds and listening to music together from Lily's phone. Here I was thinking how amazing it was how they just sang together out of the blue on key. They could be an a cappella duo. No, grandmother, we're listening to the music together. Ah, okay. Violet was scheduled to fly home a few days later. So I said to her, if you want, you can come back to Toronto for a day or two before you head home. You could go to the CNE again. Lily could come, but Lily has a job. She can't just take off whenever she wants. And I like that. She takes her responsibility seriously. Thank you, Grandmother, Violet said, but I really want to spend as much time with Lily as I can. Of course she wanted to spend time with a cool 16-year-old. I appreciated her honesty, and I was so grateful for the time that we did have. 
Those two are such a delight. Love them. Thank you for listening. Jewel Says is written, recorded, edited, produced by me, Julie McCarthy. If you have anything you'd like to share, email me at jewelsays at gmail.com. Have a wonderful week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.